0: having a time of sharing at the end for some Thanksgiving uh, testimonies as well for those that would like to share that, so just trying to prepare you a little bit for that. But if you have a Bible, open it to Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5. If you don't have one, there may be one under the row in front of you you can grab and use to uh, read and uh, tag along with, but we are right in the middle, well I don't say middle, we're coming towards the end, coming towards the end of our sermon series in Walking in the Spirit. Uh, the goal of this series when we started was to commit to walking in the power of the Holy Spirit that the, that it, and allow Him to yield or produce the fruit of the Spirit in our everyday lives. And you know, when we are saved, we're saved with a purpose, with a meaning. That Christ in us becomes to be, begins to change us, sanctify us, to make us more like Him. And we begin this process by yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the flesh, which was what we were born with and our desires. And then when we become born again, we now have the spirit that lives inside of us, the Holy Spirit, which dwells as the spirit of Christ. And so when we go through temptations and trials and when we go through our life, now we have this Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is not automatic, but it's now available. And we must be willing to walk or yield, or commit to the power of the Holy Spirit rather than the work of the flesh. Now the flesh never goes away, but the goal is for us to beat down the flesh so much that the Holy Spirit becomes almost our default rather than the work of the flesh. And so the goal of this whole series for us was to be able to identify these fruit, the character of Christ, how these should be evident in our life, in our everyday life. So if someone were to run run into us at the grocery store or maybe in your community or maybe in your home or maybe in your marriage, these nine fruits should be evident in your relationships, in your life, in your service to the Lord. And uh, Galatians 5, 22 uh, 22 through 23 is where we get these. They're plainly listed there for us. We read this, but I want to read it to you again. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. So we group these up into three. Three, uh, Three of the inner fruit, three of the outward fruit, and now three of the upward fruit. Three of the inward fruit was the first three, love, joy, and peace. This happens inside of us. When you become a Christian, the first thing that begins to happen is your heart begins to change. Where there is hate becomes love. Where there is a worry becomes peace. Where there is a trouble becomes joy. This love, this joy, this peace begins to flood your heart. And in your heart, rather than Uh, going through the works of the flesh, you begin to love, you begin to have joy, you begin to exhibit peace in your heart. The next three were the outward fruit. We started with patience. Were you guys walking in the power of the Holy Spirit when you had your in-laws over for Thanksgiving this week, right? That's a good way to see if you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We had long suffering, which same as patience, kindness, and goodness. That is what we exhibit on the outside. Are we kind? Are we good? Are we morally upright? Do we do the right things with the right heart? That's something we exhibit for the whole world to see. And so when we're in the community or in our families or in our church, do people see us as patient and kind and good? Or do they see the work of the flesh where we are uh, impatient and not kind and not good? Now, the last three. The last three are kind of finishing them all out. And we're going to begin with the first one, which is faithfulness. That is our fruit this morning, faithfulness. This is our character towards God. How are we to exhibit our hearts towards the Lord? Well, he begins with faithfulness. Faithfulness uh, is something that most of us don't think about. We kind of experience it. And when we think of faithfulness, what do you think of? What comes to your mind? What type of person comes to your mind when you think of faithfulness? There's a well-known uh, geyser in the Yellowstone National Park, not because it's the biggest and not because it's the grandest, but because it is the most consistent. it's called Old Faithful. And you can set a clock by it. Within between 90 minutes intervals, it will uh, produce a gush of steam and water every 90 minutes. has been doing that for hundreds of years. And so it's dubbed Old Faithful. And it's consistent. It is trustworthy. You can see it every time you go there. It, is, it will do what it says it will do. That's the same word faithfulness here. The Greek word histos, which is in your King James, may be translated as faith. But really, it's a meaning that has a dual meaning, faith and faithfulness. Because you have faith, you have trust in this God that makes you faithful. Faithful. And this is, the, this is really what the meaning of the word carries, trustworthiness or reliability. And keeping in mind with our series on fruit of the Spirit, the essence of this is a faithfulness expressed towards God and His will, His purpose, and His plan for our lives. That means that you are trustworthy, reliable, or dependable when it comes to your service Or calling from the Lord that means when you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and God has a plan and a purpose for your life and he does that you are dependable and reliable and trustworthy that you will accomplish his will you will be obedient to the call or to the will or to the purpose of the Lord and this is a work of the Spirit you're faithful trustworthy reliable dependable on the contrary the flesh The flesh is completely opposite of this. The flesh is willing, but many times is weak, right? We want to do good, but many times we are not faithful. Sometimes we hit and sometimes we miss in the flesh, right? Sometimes we're not available to the Lord. God, I know you want me to witness. I know you want me to pray, but I'm busy and I have my own things to do. And God's will, plan, or purpose, we're not faithful or reliable or trustworthy with it. We, we miss the will of the Lord when many times we're not dependable. God cannot count on us in the flesh to accomplish His will. In the flesh, we are quitters. In the flesh, we are, we are selfish. In the flesh, we do not consistently obey or seek the will and plan and purpose of the Lord in our life. And we miss God's best. We miss His best for our lives because we're not consistently used by God. And so periods of time go by in our lives where we miss out on His will for our life. And many times we run into people or we talk to people. And for me as a pastor, many times I talk to people and I always ask them, says, well, where are you serving the Lord now? And most of the time they'll say, well, I used to serve. And I think, well, that's a pretty good indicator that you're not doing it now, right? Because it's kind of hit and miss. Or they'll say, well, I'm going to. And many times in our lives we say, well, God, when I get married, then I'm going to serve. When we have children, then I'll have more time to serve. That's a lie, by the way. That never happens. Or when I retire or when I have grandchildren or when I do this, it's always I used to or I'm going to. That's a pretty good indicator of operating in the flesh because we're not doing it consistently. We're not doing it faithfully. We're not currently serving the plan, purpose, or will for the Lord in our lives. And so when we don't witness and we don't pray and we don't serve, we don't do this thing, that's, that's the flesh. God never uses unfaithful people. He always wants to use faithful, consistent people that can be, that can be dependable. And in the flesh as well, when it gets harder, it gets tough, or someone says something we don't like, we quit. That's it. I'm not going to sing anymore. That's it. I'm not going to teach anymore. That's it. I'm not going to serve anymore. That's it. I can't stand those kids anymore. That was all the kids' workers that laughed when I said that, by the way. I'm not going to do it anymore, right? It's in the flesh, hit and miss. And you ask yourself, is that, does that describe your service to the Lord? Has your life been marked by periods of time when you've served and periods of time when you don't serve? Have you been marked by starting something and not finishing it? Have you committed to saying and doing something but not following through? Have you been saying that you will do God's will for your life and you want God's purpose and plan for your life but you never follow through with it? Maybe even in your marriage, have you said you're going to be the spiritual leader of your home, but you haven't followed through with it? Maybe you said you're going to raise your kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, but yet things get in the way and you're not dependable and you're not faithful. That's what it means to not be faithful, and we waste years of our lives and we miss God's best because we're not in the will of God faithfully, dependably, and trustworthy. And it's we miss the best for our church, we miss the best for our communities, we miss the best for our families. This year. More than any other year, I was more uh, impacted by understanding how fast time goes by. That you just see in your families, in your homes, things are not always going to be this way. It's not always going to be this way in our country. It's not always going to be this way in our church. It's not always going to be this way in your family. Your kids grow up. They are going to leave your home. They're going to go other places. They're going to have other things to do. What are you currently doing? Are you being faithful, stewarding what God has given you currently right now? If you're not, you're walking in the flesh. And you will not be faithful. You'll not be uh, trustworthy if you do it in the flesh. But the good news is that God is not like us. God is not a hit or miss. He is not a un, uh, unworthy or, or not trustworthy. He is trustworthy. Have you ever thought about the faithfulness of God? God is so incredibly faithful. God is so faithful even when we're not, that God is still faithful. And if you remember, all the fruit of the Spirit traced back to God. The, The root is God and the fruit is in our character from the Lord. And we see this from the fruit of the Spirit so far and it happens the same with faithfulness. God is faithful in all His ways. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. You know what it says here? And what it's saying here is that His goodness and His mercy is everlasting. It it never runs out. It never stops. It never has a moment where it needs a timeout or a break. It never quits on us. It never turns back on us. And then it says His truth endures to all generations. The word there means faithful. His word is faithful to all generations. God is true and he's everlasting and his word endures to all generations. A faithful word of God. Not only who God is, but what he says is faithful. That's why it's so important to know the Bible, to study the Bible. What he has said in his word, he is faithful in his word. Every part of this Bible will come true. It is true and it is faithful. Several years ago, there was a popular bumper sticker that was out that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it, right? Well, we could take the middle line out of that, right? God said it, that settles it, all right? It's already done whether we believe it or not because God is faithful. He is true, His word is true, He is faithful. He also is faithful through Jesus Christ. When Christ said he has come and his salvation is a work that's eternal in our lives. It will be now even to the end of the age. And when you get over to Revelation chapter 19, you see in verse 11 where it says, Now I see heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. That not only God is faithful, but Christ is faithful as well. And he has come to this earth and he has done the faithful work of salvation for you and for me. And it will last. He is trustworthy. I'm so thankful to God that Jesus was trustworthy. When Jesus came to this earth, he didn't say, time out, God, I need a break. When on the way to the cross, he didn't say, hold up a minute. I didn't get my me time yet, right? He didn't say, hold on a minute, I need a a few years off here. I'm I'm not available, Lord. This crossing seems a little too hard. No, he was faithful. He made that trip. He walked that mile. He, He hung on that cross. He was faithful then. He is faithful now. And he will forever be faithful. When you come to Jesus Christ, you're coming to a faithful, trustworthy way of salvation. He always keeps his promises. God has never given you or me or ever given a promise that he has not fulfilled. In Joshua chapter 21, he tells the nation of Israel, not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. And it is true in our lives. It is true through the word of God. It is true about our salvation that every promise God has given through Jesus Christ is fulfilled, will be fulfilled, and will never, ever be and never ever be not trustworthy he is trustworthy he is faithful in his love and his compassion for those who are thinking about starting to read the bible in a year coming up in the beginning of the year and many times we start well but sometimes we don't finish too well right one of the one of the books we kind of struggle with is lamentations right lamentations is a book of weeping it's a book of it's a book of sorrow but right in the middle of Lamentations comes one of the greatest verses of the Bible. Lamentations chapter 3, in verse 22 and 23, it says, Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. For they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Let me tell you, God's Word, His promise, His love, they are all trustworthy. They are all worthy. They are all, they are all true. And every single one of them, all his promises, no matter what we do or who we are, God is faithful. He is always faithful. He is faithful in our trials and temptations as well. For many of us, holidays is a time when it comes for an extreme time of depression an extreme time of loneliness, and we miss our loved ones, and, and sometimes we get to a point where we think nobody's here for us, and nobody cares for us, and nobody's going to walk this mile with us, but let me tell you, God is there with you. The Bible says that God says he will never leave you nor forsake you, and in your darkest times, in your hardest times, in times of trials and temptations, guess who's faithfully walking with you? It is God. God will be with you during those times, and he walks faithfully with us. He never turns away from us, and he is preparing a place for us in heaven. He protects us, and even he is faithful to this day. He is always faithful. We serve a faithful God. Amen? Many of us go through life, and we get to thinking about how we are and how this world is, but let me tell you, God never lets us down. He is a faithful God, and if you're here this morning and you've believed in Jesus Christ, you've got, you got a home in heaven for you. You got a plan and a purpose for your life. You have a salvation that's going to come to pass. And when He says it, it's going to happen. He is faithful. He has always been faithful. He is dependable. He never leaves. He never forsakes. And He always accomplishes His will. Always. On Wednesday nights, we're studying through the book of Isaiah. And one of the things through the book of Isaiah that has rung true so much for me in my life is that no matter who was in control on earth, God was ruling from heaven, He's always in control. And many times we think this world is out of control, but God is always in control. He is in full control. It doesn't matter who is ruling, who is reigning. It doesn't matter what war is happening. He is on his throne. He is faithful. He is true. And the things that he has promised that he is faithful and true. And we serve a faithful God. Now, I know you're probably saying, well, pastor, I don't have a problem saying God is faithful. It's it's me that has the problem, right? (laughs) Listen, sometimes we do struggle. And the reason why we struggle is because we walk in the flesh. The reason why we struggle is because being faithful to the Lord is not a work that we can produce. That's the first thing I want to share with you this morning about being faithful. Number one is it is impossible to be faithful to the Lord in the flesh. That's why this is a work of the Spirit. That's why this is a supernatural work of the Spirit. That's how God takes unfaithful men and makes faithful men out of them. That's how God takes unfaithful women and makes faithful women out of them. It's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that we will never be faithful. We will always be selfish. We will always be unavailable to God in our flesh. But as we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask the Holy Spirit and he begins to make this desire and he begins to make us this faithful servant of the Lord. May me ask you a question. When was the last time you offered your heart up to the Lord and prayed something like this? Lord, I am your servant, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, make me faithful. So many of us are so worried about fruitfulness, and we want the big things, and we want the, all the things that people see, but the Lord says, you be faithful where you are and you be faithful with the things that God has given you, and you want to do God's will or His plan or His purpose for your life, you got to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, make me faithful. Make my life count for the glory of God. Make my life count for being being one who is faithful. And when the Lord looks to me, He is going to see someone who is faithful, who is ready, who is willing to do the will of the Lord, regardless of what's happening in my life. First, we must ask the Holy Spirit to make us faithful. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we must put God first in our hearts. Many times we have the right desire, but we have the wrong priorities. You know what priorities are? Priorities are something that never has conflicts in your life. Priorities are you're going to do what you're going to do, regardless of what kind of circumstances you find yourself in. They're called priorities. Many of us as parents, you have children. Your priority is your children. And you're going to make sure they're taken care of regardless of what's happening in your life, even if you have to do without, because your priority is your children. Your priority's first. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be given to you as well. So in other words, we must put Christ or God first in our life. It is one thing to have the desire, it's another thing to have the priority. It is to put the Lord first in your life. Many times, as I said before, kind of like buttoning up a shirt, when you get the first button wrong, what happens? You get to the end, there's always another button and not another, not another spot to put it right. But when you get the first button correct, what happens? They all line up in your life. And so many times we try to put family, we try to put our careers, we try to put our own will first, and then everything else is out of whack. But our priority should be the Lord first. A faithful person, when the work of the Spirit works in their heart, their priorities is to seek God's kingdom first over everything else. Regardless of what comes into your life, your priority is to serve the Lord Whether you live here, whether you move, whether you get a promotion, whether you have another job, whether you have children, whether you're retired, wherever you are, Christ is first. And when the work of the Spirit happens in your life, your priorities are correct. And through your priorities, you do the will of the Lord and you have God first in your life. And the question for you and for me this morning in our priorities is God first in our heart and life. I talk about these a lot. There are the three T's. In the early service, I told them it's not Ted, Tucker, and Tanner, by the way, all right? It's in my life. Those are my names. My two boys, it's Tucker and Tanner. The three T's are your time, your talent, and your treasure. If you want to know where your priorities are, you can look to these three things, and that will tell you where your heart is. That will tell you where your priorities are. If you look to see what you spend your most time on, I spoke a little bit about this last week, talking about screen time on your phone. I wonder if we had screen time with the Lord, what it would look like. How much time did we spend praying this week? How much time did we spend reading the Bible this week? How much time did we spend taking care of our family or being a leader in our family or serving this week? How much time did we give to the Lord? That will tell you where your priorities are. And a lot of times we say, well, we don't have time to do this for the Lord but yet we can have two or three hours to watch a football game right we can have two or three hours to do what we want to do but yet when it comes to the Lord our time many times our time is not a priority secondly our treasure this is our pocketbook this is where we spend our money where is our generosity where is our giving say our heart is Is it selfish? Is it for your own good? Is it for your own desires? And listen, I like nice things and everyone else likes nice things. It's not having things that makes it wrong. It's when the things have your heart that makes it wrong. If you are desiring these things over God, then you have a problem. The priority should be God first and then everything else can fall from there. So your time, your treasure and your talent. Many times we take that talent we make a good career out of it, and we, make, we may become popular or likable, but we, the last thing we do is use it in the church of God. And listen, for our talent, God has given every one of us a gift to use in the body of Christ, and you are either using your gift or you're not using your gift in the, in the kingdom of Christ. And when you look to how you're serving the Lord with the gift that God has given you, if your priorities are right, you're using that gift to further the kingdom of God. And that's the way you can see your priorities. Where is your time? Where is your talent? Where is your treasures? And see where God ranks in your heart. And if you want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and you want to be faithful, ask the Lord to make you faithful, but then get your priorities right and put His will above all other things in your life. Then thirdly... As we come together to be faithful, we got to start where we're at. Now, this one's always the hardest because God has entrusted you with things right now. And the things that you have in your life right now, God is not going to give you something else until you're faithful with what you have right now. A lot of times in our marriages and our families and our homes, we like, God, if you give me this, then I will be faithful. And the Lord says, no, you be faithful what you have, and then I will give you something else. And many times we're not faithful because we overlook the small things. We're always looking for the big things. We're always looking for something else. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, Jesus told him, he said, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So what he's saying here is if you have a little and you're not faithful, you'll never get a lot because you'll be unfaithful with a lot. Over the years, as a pastor in this church, many times I have people come and they'll say, well, pastor, if I ever win the lottery, <laughs> we're going to build a big church, right? We're going to have a big church. And man, I'll be able to give the church a bunch of money. And, and man, we'll really be able to do this and do that. But the question is not so much if you win the lottery. The question is, are you faithful with what you have now? Has God given you this little, and are you faithful with those things? Because if you're not faithful with the little what you have, don't expect God to give you more. Because, you know, when we come down to it, we're just stewards. Do you know that all that we have comes from the hand of the Lord? We don't own it. God owns it all. And we are just stewards, and one day we'll give an account for this. And as we stand before the Lord, what we've done with our time and our talents and our treasures and what we've done with what God has given us in our hands, we will have to give an account to the Lord for that. And the question is, are you faithful with those things? If you want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you want to be a faithful, trustworthy, dependable man or woman used by God in a mighty way in His kingdom you got to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with His power to be a faithful servant of the Lord. Then you have to have your priorities right, and then you have to be faithful with what God has given you. I don't care if it's only one person He sent your way. You be faithful to disciple that one person. I don't care if it's 100 people or 50 people or maybe it's just your family or maybe it's just your home. Whatever you have, be faithful in what you have and the Lord will take that and He will expand that. He will give you more. But until you learn how to be faithful in what you have, God will never give you more. So we must learn how to be faithful what we have. Fourthly, we need to get accountability. This is where it comes walking with another brother and sister in Christ really comes into account. Listen, it it helps to hold us accountable. It helps us hold us accountable to following through with our commitment. When we say we're going to serve and we say we're going to do these things and when we don't follow through those commitments, someone is there to say, hey, why didn't you follow through with your commitment? Why didn't you do what you were going to say you were going to do? And we have accountability with others that be able to build accountability in our life to do the right things. And by the way, for us as spouses and those who are married, this is what you should do for your spouse. This is what you should do for your family and your home. And if you're single and you don't have a wife or you don't have a husband and you're looking for someone to be your wife or your husband, this is a great way to look to someone that's going to hold you accountable, to make you closer to the Lord, not pull you away from the Lord. I always tell people, if if you, if you are dating someone that pulls you away from the Lord, don't date them because when you get married to them, it's only going to get worse. You want someone that's going to bring you closer to the Lord. You want someone who's going to help you walk closer to God and be more accountable to the Lord. And not only through that, through a person or a spouse, but yet through a friend or a family member or through even a church member. Say, hey, I need help being accountable to the things that I'm committing to the Lord. Can I tell you how many people have come and said, the Lord has put on my heart to do this. And the Lord has put on my heart to serve here. or The Lord has put on my heart to serve there. And guess what? You never see him again. They don't show up. They don't come. They don't serve. They don't do anything they say. And you go to them, they say, oh, I really did think that, but I I got a different job now. Or I got this, I got that. And there's no accountability there. And they don't follow through what they are. Listen, to be faithful, you need accountability, not only from the Lord, but from others. And as we do that, as we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask Him to make us faithful. We ask Him to make us trustworthy. And listen, many times in our life, we just need to stop And when we're walking away from the Lord, we need to ask uh, the Lord and just repent of our works of the flesh. Lord, I have been unreliable. Lord, I'm not serving the way that I should. Lord, I haven't fallen through with my commitments. Lord, I know I can do better. Lord, I know I, I have not been walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I've been hit or miss. And this morning, may we raise our hearts to the Lord and just say, God, make us faithful. Lord, do a work in our heart that when people come to us, they get the same thing every single time. They get a faithful servant of the Lord, ready to share Christ or to witness or to do God's plan or purpose for, for their lives and make us someone that we, others can rely on and you can rely on that. When someone needs to hear the gospel, Lord, I will be faithful to do it. When someone needs prayer, I'll be faithful to pray. When someone needs to serve, I'll be faithful to serve. I'll be the one there, Lord, please Produce this power of the Holy Spirit in my life and make me faithful and trustworthy before the Lord. That should be our desires. And when we repent from walking in the flesh, we start anew by asking the Lord in his power to make us like Him. I was talking about the faithfulness of the Lord. I want to share with you one last scripture, my favorite scripture, First John one nine. It says if we confess our sins, he is faithful. And just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did you know that scripture there says that you can count on God? That he is faithful. He is trustworthy. That every time you confess your sin to him, that he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Every single time. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? That's what I need to do. I need to confess my sin to the Lord. And when you do that to the Lord, I can promise you, God is always faithful. There's never been a time in my life when I have confessed this my sin to the Lord that he's pushed me away or said, no, not this time or no, not another time. He has always been faithful to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And this morning, may you say that prayer or maybe that may be the desire of your heart or maybe you need to lift up your heart and say, Lord, make me faithful, dependable, reliable so I can be used by God this morning. That's what should be our prayer this morning. So let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads before the Lord for our time, of invitation, and commitment. Dear Lord, we do come before you this morning, Lord. God, I pray for our hearts. I pray for our will our plan, our purpose for our lives, Lord. God, I pray this morning as Christians, for those who do know the Lord, that they ask themselves, am I dependable? Am I reliable? Am I trustworthy to the Lord? Am I missing God's plan and purpose and will for my life because I'm not faithful? This morning, may you just lift your heart to the Lord and say, God, make me faithful. Do a work in me through the power of the Holy Spirit to make me dependable. To make me one that will step up in a world where everyone, no one wants to step up. Make me the person that will step in my family, step up in my family or my marriage and say, God, I want to be faithful and dependable. I want to do what you've called me to do, and I want to be that person, Lord. Pray this morning that you will have a work of the power of the Holy Spirit in your heart that God will make you dependable and faithful this morning. Or maybe you're here this morning, you're not a Christian, you say, you know what, I don't even know what this faithfulness is about. I do not even know God has a plan or a purpose, or a will for my life. He does. He has a plan and a purpose for every person's life. And this morning, his plan and purpose for your life begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning, what you need to do is just call out in prayer to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's easy to do. Prayer is nothing but talking to God. This morning, you don't have to talk to me, or a priest, or walk this aisle. You can lift your heart directly to the Lord, and you can say a prayer like this. Just say a prayer like this, and mean it in your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I have failed. I know I'm a sinner. And I went my own way in my life. And I know that it is not the will of the Lord for me. And this morning, by faith, I trust in Jesus Christ. I believe that he came to this earth and was faithful to die on a cross for me and to shed his blood. And through that dying on the cross and the shedding of his blood and through his resurrection, this morning, I'm calling on his name to be born again. The Bible says if you just simply say, in your in your heart if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord the bible says you shall be saved. And this morning you can do that right where you said I would love to talk to you about it if you've done that or if you want to do that you can come talk to me after the church or mark it down on that card and I could call or email you and we could talk about that. Whatever it may be I pray this morning that we will be faithful servants of the Lord walking in the power of the Holy Spirit that is our desire this morning as we have a few moments we're going to play a song And if you keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just lift your hearts to the Lord. Say, here's my heart, Lord. Do your work in my life today, this morning, so I can commit to being a faithful servant of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.